Oh, Mako, is this a new image? Oh, I couldn't have the Halloween one up anymore. <laughs> Could keep it fresh. Mr. Robot vibe. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> morning, Good everybody. Morning. Good morning. Mark, how's it going? It's going pretty good. It's been a while, but, but I feel like I need well. to yeah catch up with you. I think it's been a while. We've been trying to. It's been very very busy. I know you've been busy <clears> as <throat> well. I'm sure. For sure. I think I had a trip to Orlando in between. Believe it or not. Oh, nice. Was that for work or pleasure? Uh, mostly pleasure. So, run Disney races are back. So oh. I did that last weekend. Oh, very nice. Exciting. I've seen a lot of posts of people that have been doing the races, so it's great to see those back. Those are always oh, really fun. Sure. It was really good. Parks were busy. Yeah. I'd like to officially lodge my complaint at the lack of Star Wars content yesterday. Um, I don't know who you <laughs> need to talk to, but it was a very disappointing day yesterday. <laughs> I'll, we'll I'll be sure to down. lodge that. Uh, yeah, there Steve. you go, Mark. You take that one up. Jane, I'll, I'll right? go ahead and take that one. I, I, I know exactly where to file it. <laughs> All right. Well, I am going to uh, kick us off. And I am, as you've noticed and probably saw potentially on LinkedIn, Tamara is actually doing, um, she's kicking off her, her training and coaching. So I think Chuck, you y'all had a lot to do with inspiring that that move. So she's in her first three day, all day kickoff to her her coaching training, which is super exciting. Which means I'm here solo hosting. So we're gonna keep it going. I always love these conversations, but um, I look forward to welcoming everyone's uh, contributions. So I will do the kickoff, which is just to remind that this is learning to lead our official clubhouse. We do record these for replays, so. I do have a link actually listed in uh, my profile as well. It is uh, learning to lead on substack.com. That's where I'll share the replays as well as recaps, as well as I've started to add in different events that are going on. I, I kind of keep an eye on a lot of events, both in person and virtual, as well as if anyone's hiring or looking for specific roles, being able to share that information with our network as it grows. That's one of the big parts of this group is being able to not only learn as leaders, no matter what level industry um, or position that we are in, but also be able to expand our network. We talk a lot about the power of networking, building relationships, and building a personal board of directors. And that's what I hope this group can always serve for everyone as well. So um, with that, I'm going to actually just jump in today. I'm really excited. We're going to talk about interviewing. This kind of came up in one of the previous conversations that we had and thought it would be a worthwhile topic to dig into. Um, I know everybody probably has a lot of thoughts on this, both how to approach it, how to engage in interviewing, as well as just some of the questions that you can be asking. So before I jump into that, I'm going to do my, my usual opener, which is to roundtable a moment of reflection. As a reminder, it's good for us to always pay attention to kind of what's happening in our lives, be it the week before, the day of, look back, see what you learned, what you can take away, even just if it's one word. So for us, we're going to do it live. For anybody who's just listening in, I recommend you do it yourself. And I always recommend that you maybe keep track of it. So start to write it down and see week over week if there's specific you know, themes that show up or if you see that maybe if you were in a moment of challenge or hardship and you were kind of in a valley, 
when did you kind of get the upswing? And remember you had a peak again. So it's always a really good practice that I, I've really enjoyed. So highly recommend that. And with that, I'm going to start with Artie. Hey, everybody. Um, this week, I think I'm in a phase of unrest. There's just a lot on my mind right now, a lot going on uh, with work and everything like that. So I'm just in a state of unrest right now. I think we can all relate with that, that we all have those moments. Getting back to that point, sometimes we're in these these down moments where we're trying to figure things out. And sometimes where we've got it figured out and everything's just rolling. So thank you for sharing that. Tamsin. I'm going to go with uneven. I had some highs and some not so highs, and I'm looking to end it on a really good high today. So that's my word. All right. Fantastic. Mako. I'm going to go with happy because I just had a really good piece of banana bread. And I'm telling you, there's nothing like having really good banana bread. Nice cup of coffee, some banana bread. Really, is there anything better than that? You know, Mako, what you're hitting on is really important, which is enjoying sometimes the simple things in life. Uh, I think there was a quote that was going around about people are constantly seeking happiness, but they re- you know, forget to remember the happy moments as they happen because they're always looking for the next thing. Sometimes it's as simple as a piece of banana bread. But, you know, this is really good banana bread. So <laughs> I'm really happy at this moment. <laughs> Wonderful. Mark. Uh, focused, uh, lots going on personal life, tra- you know, still training for the marathon in January and uh, a lot of stuff happening at work. So focus is my, uh, where I'm at right now. Except Pass. new Star Wars content. There's no new Star Wars. Content, I am focused so. on getting Steve more Star Wars content too. Yes. <laughs> the focus. Yes. Amrita. Good morning. All right, I will come back, Amrita. If you come back, we'll we'll circle back to you, Chuck. Um, I'd say relaxed. I had a really nice um, Friday evening and um, a lot going on, but um, really nice end of the week and just trying to you know, chill and collect my thoughts and kind of get ready for the holidays and end of year. That sounds great, Chad. Uh, I'd say surreal. And I'd say that um, I've gone from through a lot of moments uh, recently where I've broken through a lot of imposter syndrome and and into like moments where I look around and go, what on earth is happening? But I accept it. So hooray. Anyways, that's me. (laughs) We Again, I think we can all relate uh, with those feelings as well. And Gary. I think this week was um, fun. Um, Attended Afrotech, met a lot of good people. Um, and you know, it was quite fun. Wonderful. That's very exciting. I'm very excited about the Afrotech. I saw a lot of posts about Afrotech as well. And a lot of folks attending that. So that's, that's great to hear that you were able to participate. Um, I think if I'm the last one, I will, I will say that my word is probably clarity. I think as is the kind of reference at the top of the meeting, I, I've had a lot of different changes, been very busy at work and, I think this was one of those weeks, I don't know if folks can relate, where there were a lot of different things kind of bouncing around in my head on how to approach specific projects and thinking about teams and kind of what I was contributing and how I could add value in. This was the week where I could start to actually see that coming together. And so it's really um, provided me a lot of clarity. I kind of feel like I have now a go forward perspective on where I need to go and how I can contribute and position my team for success. So 
um, overall a really good week, very busy, but, but good to see kind of getting that taking shape and feeling the, feeling the, my feet underneath me at my, at my new role. So with that, I do want to jump into the conversation and, you know, again, this came up, you know, last, if you were talking, you know, the last time we, sh- we all chatted as one of the potential, you know, opportunities to, from a topic perspective, I always welcome recommendations. If you have a topic you'd love to hear about, but it's about interviewing. And as I was thinking about the prep for this conversation, I think what's really interesting is to first start with what might seem like a very silly, obvious question, which is why do we interview? And I think the obvious answer would be, well, to get a job, right? But I think that there are other ways that we can think about interviewing to help us really understand what we are looking for and what our values are and to build our network. And I think it's very easy to get into a situation where, and this came up and I'll, I'll you know, credit Courtney, who's, who's joined before, talking about knowing your worth. And if you only ever interview when you're actively looking for a role, that can actually close you off, not only from opportunity, but I think a deeper understanding of yourself. So I know it's a big concept, but I'm, I again, I open it to the floor if there's any kind of reactions to that or thoughts that you have on either how you today perceive when you engage in interviewing as if you're looking for a job, and how that may have shifted for you. So I know for me, it definitely shifted over the last couple of years from a actively seeking roles to much more of an exploration for myself, opportunities, industry, um, and, and being able to see more beyond what I'm currently in as a growth and continuous learning opportunity. If I told you how good this banana bread is, I just, I can't stop with this freaking banana bread. It's so good. I might have well, to get another Well, sauce. maybe you're going to have to either send us the recipe link or you're going to have to send us the link to the place you got it from. And I'll include it in our references as the banana oh, like bread that. of the interviewing conversation. That is a really good idea. There you go. Um, to answer your question, I, you know, it's going to sound silly, but you always, you know, and I know you mentioned uh, knowing your worth. But, you know, I always like interviewing, you know, if I'm feeling things are not going right and I'm feeling like, you know what, it's, I, I, I like creating options for myself. And I think that's, that's really something key because first off, I think when you interview, it helps you uh, uh, really refine your storytelling. It refine, helps you refine your focus on the things that you care about, the types of people that you want to work with and the, you know, the things that you, you want to avoid. And, you know, I often get pinged from folks who are miserable at companies and, you know, I always will advise them, you should see what's out there. Make a list of the companies that you like, make a list of the things that you want to do and make the things that are important to you. And if, um, you know, uh, you have those things, you can quickly weed out a lot of, of places that probably aren't a right fit for you. You need to decide, I think a lot of times as well, when you're interviewing, is it you're going after a specific title or you're going after a specific life? You're going after a specific, um, you know, the dollar amount, you know, because each one of those things is going to be uniquely individualized. But um, I, I, you know, I, I like the process of interviewing and I think, I think it's interesting and, uh, you know, you can really kind of, you, you know, I don't know, 
I guess where I'm going with it, you always want to create options for yourself. I think that's that's the biggest and most you know biggest takeaway from you know I did a lot of interviewing this year, so uh, for me it was just really creating a bunch of different uh, places I could land in. No one did offer me a good recipe for banana bread, though. That I did have to find on my own. So I, I think for me, I've done, a, again, a lot of interviews in the last 18 months. We had a real good work that I didn't think I was too happy with. Um, so I've, I've been talking to a lot of companies. And I think what Mako said about making the lists is, is very important. Um, you really need to, to make those lists of uh, what's valuable to you. What are you looking for in, in the next role? And what, what are you hoping to avoid in the next role? And, and, and making sure that they stay key to you. For me, I found I was interviewing a lot, but I I, I didn't go anywhere. I, I was still staying where I was, and I I felt, am I just scared to move on to something new, or or why why am I not finding something that's exciting me? And um, you know, eventually I found well, actually where I am isn't isn't so bad. Um, you know, there are things we need to change, and, and maybe I could lean into changing those things. But for for me right now. Um, I am interviewing for a new role internally, and I, I find I'm actually nervous. I've never been nervous for the uh, external interviews. So now I realize this is a role I actually want, whereas probably for the last 18 months, all of the things I've been interviewing for, I hadn't really wanted. Yeah, I think those are both really good good points. And you know, I, I, what I really liked, I'm going to hone in, you know, first on make a couple of things that you said, which is help to refine your storytelling. And I think it's so important for us to understand how to articulate both what we've talked about previously around leadership styles, but also our personal brand, what we stand for, what we want to stand for, again, to that point of what do you actually want to do? Sometimes you have to go have a lot of conversations with different people to see what kind of roles actually resonate with you versus, you know, to your point around is it title? Is it money? Is it role? Is it company? What is it that you're seeking? And sometimes you only get that clarity once you meet people and you talk about it. And, you know, I think what's really interesting, you know, Gary, to your point about, about the, the kind of nervousness point, right? And that being an indicator of really caring. You know, I think the other piece that I would say is the more that you interview, even when I would say you're not actively looking. So maybe you're, again, you're using this more of a, as an exploration um, and you're using this more to kind of look out there and stay up to date on what's going on, what you know, what's happening. I think that the more that we can also position that interviewing is very much a two-way street. And it's about you as much as the company or interview, you know, or that you're going to really understanding if this is the right fit for you. Is this the right opportunity? And I think that can often shift the perception um, and definitely, you know, kind of a nervousness or an energy around this is exciting you know, kind of upping the stakes because you care. But also I think it's important that going through the cycle a lot kind of helps you remember that interviewing is a tool for you to understand if this is the right role for you, this is the right company for you. And I think it shifts the way that we show up in those conversations as well. Yeah, I, I would very much agree with that, Kelly. And I, I would even call it a skill set, right? Uh, it's a skill set that you want to keep practicing for a couple of reasons. One is that, um, 
you know, certainly you might be looking for an opportunity or as you mentioned, networking, things like that. I also use it as a means to hone my interviewer skills as well, right? Are there different techniques? I've picked up quite a bit when I've interviewed with different companies, um, uh, different types of questions, the pacing of the interview, um, you know, panels versus one-on-one. And I learned quite a bit from that process that I then in tune use for my own process as well, depending on what the role is. Um, But I've, I view it as, you know, I don't go on a lot of interviews. Again, I think like a lot of people here, maybe in the last 12 months, there have definitely been some opportunities I've looked at. But over time, I do see myself at least talking with recruiters or uh, a first or second level interview as a regular ongoing thing as part of my own career development, too. Yeah, really great points, Mark. And I like your point about honing your own skills as an interviewer. Um, because it's really powerful. And, and sometimes we can just, we do that potentially, you know, infrequently, right? Often hiring can happen in bursts where you're really building a team out. So you're interviewing a lot and then we kind of get out of practice and then we kind of go through the motions, but we also on the other side of the table may not really be intentional about what we're looking for and what's effective to really understand, you know, fit as far as what we're looking for, but what that candidate might be looking for. And, you know, it's funny, I've had, I've had many conversations with my teams and, Sometimes they will look at me, you know, like I'm a crazy person, but I often give them the same advice that we're talking about here, which is, you know, it's okay to go interview and you should be, you should be talking to other companies. You should understand what you care about and what you want to do. And that's, I don't see that as a risk to this company. I think if there's something that you want to do, then we need to work, you know, work together to make sure that we're meeting your goals. But I think it's an important part of leadership, which is, you know, welcoming that your team needs to be constantly looking and seeking and growing and finding what they aspire to do as well, but the answer is not going to potentially always be, you know, in their immediate team and circle, they need to expand again, back to that kind of network and personal board of, you know, directors is how are you expanding your purview to understand what you want to do that may also be new opportunities and new roles in your existing company that are really hard to see if you don't start to expand your, your awareness or understanding of what's out there. Can I just double down on that whole like idea of it's a, a skill and it absolutely needs to be practiced? Like when I left my last job in, in February of this year and started doing interviews, I hadn't really had to really interview in like 16 years. Guess what? I sucked. Oh, as I look back now, I was like, whoa, boy. Oh, I was screwing things up right and left in a lot of ways and, and whatnot. But by doing interview after interview after interview after interview averaging like one or two a week for months and months and months i got better and better that story got tighter the answers got more engaging the the techniques got more just everything got better and i got a lot more confident and just everything changed and so when i started having some some more more important discussions with people later on in the last few months um all that came to, to fruition. So it's it's absolutely, absolutely a skill that you must continue to do. Yeah, I totally agree. And again, it gives you that confidence. And, you know, it was funny, I was talking to, you know, back to one of the previous comments I made, I was talking to somebody recently about, you know, and actually comes up quite frequently when, when people are looking at trying to figure out what they want to do next, maybe they want to do a career transition, maybe they want to get into a new area, how do you do that? And 
um, you know, I've referenced before and many folks that know me, I've moved around, you know, Disney quite a bit and I've done lots of different roles and I've gotten into lots of different areas. And there's often questions of, well, how do you do that? And I think um, there's a lot of ways to do that. And I think maybe one of the, you know, the upcoming topics is we can talk about career transitions and, and personal branding and how you rebrand yourself if you want to make a, a transition into a new career. But I think interviewing is one of those one of those tactics that you can use, one of those tools that you can use, again, to really understand what you want. Use it as an exploratory tool to go out and see what's out there. Build your to see, and I go back to what Chad just said, but also what Gary just said, like, what are those moments that kind of spark something in you that like you build your confidence, you tighten your story, you know who you are, you know what you stand for, what you care about, but also what are those moments of feeling like that might be the role, that might be the work that actually is really compelling. And again, those things don't happen by accident. We have to kind of go out and be intentional about seeking that awareness and kind of understanding what else, again, might be out there, you know, beyond our our kind of blind spots where we may not have had exposure yet. And interviewing, again, can be a great way, in addition to networking and several other tools for understanding what might be out there that you can go after as you want to think about a career shift. Yeah, Kelly, I had that exact experience this year. I interviewed uh, quite a bit early in the year for software developer, developer roles or engineer roles, essentially. And as I went through that, got offers, I learned that, you know, I was getting basically offered to do the same work in a different company when what I really discovered was what resonated with me was the product management aspects of roles and things like that. So I've kind of shifted my focus into that area. Yeah, it's a fantastic example. Go for it, Mako. I was just going to say, you know, one thing that I did this year, too, that I thought was super helpful for me was, uh, well, and I know because when I interview people and it's it's frustrating to me when I ask them if they have any questions and they don't have any questions, but I always go into a list of like really interesting, and I probably have like 30 or 40 questions that I have pre-canned of just things that I've kind of been focused on or I care about, whether it's culture, team, work-life balance, random stuff, whatever. And I always end up cherry picking like three or four during an interview for that. But I, I, you know, I'd always recommend asking some pretty hard questions, you know, and, you know, everybody always asks the same things. It's just like, oh, you know, what would you say that this, you know, your biggest success was or your biggest failure was, but, you know, I like asking things, you know, especially around when you're talking about leadership roles, like when was your last real work? How often do you reorg or, you know, what's, what's your philosophy about risk and like really try to drive into some core cultural things that are going on inside of organizations that typically you never really find out till you're buried in, in, in the muck of it. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, and I think somebody uh, briefly mentioned it before, but you know, you're interviewing the company and your boss just as much as they're interviewing you just to see what is that fit and, and those questions that Mako had I I get concerned when somebody actually doesn't have any questions for me because are you thinking through everything cuz you know a lot of the stuff I might have you know technical skills leadership skill questions and things like that but god imagine even in a 1 hour interview that somebody's going to that we're not going to cover everything and that person's going to have to have questions so it's it's actually a little bit of a red flag for me of are you really engaged in this job or are you like desperate for the job and are willing to say anything. So I'm looking for that engagement too. 
can I just just uh, add on top of that 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 I was given recently uh, one of the most amazing like like punch counterpunch or two punch or whatever the term is uh, great questions that I've used in almost every interview when I am being interviewed and it's the time where I have to ask questions and and I almost always end with the first question which is you've seen my resume you've seen we we we've had this discussion you've looked into me otherwise why am I a good fit and they answer, la, la, la. And I'm told that this is the time when they are basically selling themselves on me. And then the, the follow-up question is, what concerns do you have? Which I'm told the way that works is they've already sold themselves on you, so you almost always get nothing. And that is a great one-two punch for anybody that needs a quick couple questions at the end. Yeah, I love that we're segueing a little bit into the questions piece because I would love to continue as you think about the kind of second half of this conversation, some of the specific questions or areas to dig in and, and make a totally agree with your point, you know, as well as Mark's point as far as what the red flags that can be indicated when you don't have questions. Um, and I think, Chad, that's a great one. I've actually received that question, um, you know, very pointed. I remember a candidate asked me, you know, why wouldn't you hire, wh why wouldn't you hire me for this role? Like, what would be the reasons that you wouldn't hire me? And, you know, I think it's a very good question to ask. It does kind of, again, it's a two-way street. I think it says something about communication style for sure, but it also says something about, um, you know, being able to respond and be honest about this is what I'm looking at and this is what I'm thinking about and having that dialogue with that person, which we did in that moment so that they understood what was potentially going to be a reason that they wouldn't get the job in addition to why they would. And I think, again, that's a powerful reminder that this is a two-way conversation. This is a two-way decision and you need to ask the questions that actually help you know, both the interviewer, but as we talk about the interviewee, what are the questions that are going to help you actually understand if this is the right role, company, team for you? So you walk out of that interview with an understanding of, is this a fit or is this not? And if you don't have questions, then you've missed your opportunity to actually understand, again, back to that, what actually matters to you and what is valuable to you. And one I'll, thing I'll, is, I'll, don't, don't wait until you get to the end and they're asked if you have any questions. I've been able to hone my skills enough that I now ask questions in response to questions of me. And that kind of really helps level the playing field throughout the interview. I'll throw out a controversial one. I hope I don't offend anybody on the call here, but I always ask as an engineering leader, I'd like to understand how consultant companies like Deloitte or Anderson are used inside your company. That always is an interesting conversation, especially in large enterprises. Oh, I love that one. Like, I'm going to be using that if I ever have to do that in the future. I have a new one this week, though. I got a new question added to the list this week. You want, you want to hear it? Sure. Yes, I think we do. Sure. I'm not sure, but we do. <laughs> I ask, do you own an NFT? Because if they do, it's an instant no hire for me. It was for research purposes, Mako. It's important no to higher. know what's going on in the industry, Mako. You have to do research. All right, I'm going to ask some some thought starters in thinking about good questions to ask. I thought about some some categories in addition to kind of building on where we've gone. Is you know what are some questions that you that you've thought about or used or you know seen used in different capacities around understanding kind of leadership. So, you know, Mako, you hit on org, right? And are there reorgs that are happening? How often is that happening? 
what are some questions that you have used or anyone in the group have used to to really understand leadership, what's happening at the leadership, what the leadership values and styles are, and how do you kind of suss that out as well in conversations? Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I've asked some of those just point blank, like, what is your leadership style? Um, also, one thing that was really, you know, I think, I think about like what I want in my next role and some of the things that I really enjoy, you know, in, in past roles. Um, and that is, you know, the certain relationships I have with peers in the leadership space, peers like with architect, um, like engineering, um, high level engineers and architects and asking them, you know, what kind of relationships they want, um, you know, trying to find out if they're thought, thought partners in those kind of relationships. Um, and also just with the, with the, the hiring manager as well. I think that's a fantastic one. And I think Mark, you kind of hit on this too, from a structure, you know, often in interviewing, um, you may have a one-on-one, -on -one, but it may quickly grow to a panel or a series of one-on-ones with different stakeholders that you may be working with and really considering not just having the same conversation with every person, but trying to dig in and really understand what does success look like for each of them and how they want to interact, which is always going to help you really try to understand Again, what does that leadership table look like? How do they work together? How do they expect to work together? Which I think can give you a, a lot of insight into another category as well, which is what the culture is. What is the culture of the organization at all levels? So it's a really good reminder of, of asking questions to those stakeholders, how they work together, what they, look, what they look for, what does success look like in this relationship and the way these roles work together and really understanding what your day-to-day -day is going to look like with those stakeholders that you'd be working with. I got I got a couple of good ones that are always I, I like to always toss in and kind of see and then I use the you know the well known interviewing tactic of ask the question they answer be quiet don't say anything let them keep spilling <laughs> so but I you know I always ask about describing you know how would you describe the organizational politics at your company or to you know what types of personalities tend to be successful here. Or, you know, how does the company recognize employee wins? Or what's the philosophy around risk? You know, uh, how many meetings do you have a week? Like, those I think are just, I, I don't know. I just, I find them really interesting, non-typical questions. Because, you know, often you always get like, you know, what brought you to this company? Or, you know, something like that. You know, I don't know. I just, I really like trying to dig into to some things that person that will elicit a personal response from the the folks on the other side of the, the, the screen. Yeah, I really like those, Mako. And it made me think, even as you were talking through, you know, those those questions is, you know, also asking potentially the hiring manager, when was your last vacation? How long was your last vacation? You know, because I think what I what we find and we talk a lot about in these forums is, you know, the I love the kind of how many meetings do you have per week? Because people then, the value is derived from how many meetings you have and, the, the culture of working constantly and I work through my lunch break and I never take time off and I'm plugged in 24 seven. And I think the, again, understanding where you want to be in that. And if it's important for you to have a life outside of work, which I hope that everyone listening both live and in a replay has that as a, one of their values, it's really important to really understand if that aligns with the company culture, because you might go into that company and if it doesn't align and they, there's an expectation that you're in meetings all day long and you're working nonstop and you're expected to really never take a vacation, 
that could be, a, again, a very rude wake-up call to that this isn't really aligned with what you actually need or care about. Yeah, I like diving into the personality one, too. You know, it's like one of the things that I love at media companies, for example, is how passionate you know, the employees are around their IP. And, uh, you know, it, it also, you know, it always shocked me when and I'll pick on the mouse a little bit because, like, I have friends that were very, you know, very, you know, if you've ever seen Mark's office, like super passionate about all the IP, but you know, you, you talk to other folks and it's like, they don't even know the products that they're making. Like, it's really interesting. And, you know, I, I think this, this understanding, you know, the, your, your consumer, and if there's a passion with the personalities around all that, um, I don't know. I just think, I think for me, that is something that really makes me excited to work at those types of places. Yeah, all kidding aside, and I don't know if 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 Mark does this, oh. and I think every company does this in different ways. I mean, and I, don't forget the banana bread. Don't forget the banana bread. Okay, I, I I'm just upset. I don't have any banana bread. You're just you're just rubbing salt in the wound now. Um, but I don't know if Mark does this, but I definitely do pay attention when I'm talking to someone. Especially, this is, seems like a very um, kind of one hundred and one thing when you think about you know researching a company. But you know, if somebody comes in and is interviewing in the company and they they can't reference um, any of the brands or any of the IP or in blasphemy, they actually reference a competing brand um, or IP. You know, those are things to remember. And because again, I think, you know, Mika, what you're hitting on too, I think there's both as an interviewer, I pay attention to those small cues of, do you really kind of care about what this company stands for and what we build and what we do all day? But also, I think it's important if you're sitting as an interviewee, you have to kind of ask yourself, you know, what is it that makes you want to be a part of this company? You know, because again, I think if we all step back, you know, we seek roles for many reasons and we seek jobs. Some of that is just, you know, support ourselves, obviously, as a point of of life and just needing to have an income to support ourselves. But also, if you're seeking a role that's really going to be meaningful for you, hopefully you're seeking roles that you actually align, actually care about what that company does. It goes back to the beginning Make the list of the companies that you would want to work for, want to be a part of, want to contribute to. And we probably can all think of at least one company that pops into our brain about, I would never want to work at that company because they don't align with my values or I don't agree with what they're building, whatever that is. And equally, the other side, we have our wish list. Well, I wasn't going to say anything, but that's top of my list. But anyway, um, but yeah, it's like equally, what's your number one? And that number one should also be, you actually care about what that company does. Otherwise, really ask yourself, why would you seek a position with them? Because you may not really enjoy the day-to-day work if you don't care about what they're doing. And that's a very you know polarizing you know view on it. But again, I believe we should have you know fulfilling work that also supports us and gives us growth, but that we really enjoy the work we're doing. Yeah, I actually factor it into... I don't know, I guess it's a formula, you know, you know, what is your passion for the company? Because, uh, uh, you know, passion drives a lot, you know, and, and a lot of innovation. And it's, and it's a source of energy that's, you know, quite unique and, and hard to tap into. Uh, in addition to the raw skill set, you know, uh, do you know these, you know, software languages or do you have this experience in, in product management? Um, but I'm... Uh, I, I have like various techniques when I interview for uh, when I interview people for different roles, but I always consistently ask the same last question. And it's for a few different reasons. The, the, um, I, I ask, you know, who's your favorite Disney character? 
And the reason for that is it's usually after maybe an intense conversation and it just kind of catches you off guard and you see these, the expression that people have, because I say, oh, it's, this is the last question. And, you know, do you have anything else? Okay. This makes or breaks the interview. And then I say, you know, who's your favorite Disney character and your, their expressions kind of go everything from wide eyed to happy to confused. And, you know, I look at that as a, a very valid, just their body language response, because let me tell you, I've been in a bunch of meetings when I've been thrown left curves. Uh, and, uh, you know, you've got to be able to respond appropriately. Are you calm? Do you get frustrated? Do you get flustered? And do you even have the right answer, right? Like, uh, Kelly, to your point, I've had somebody say, yeah, Bugs Bunny's my favorite Disney character. And I'm like, okay. So, um, but yeah, you know, throwing those offbeat questions and, and figuring out where their passion sits in the brand and, uh, or, you know, in life in general, I think are important things to be asking for. Hey, Mark, who, who's your favorite Disney character? Buzz Lightyear. And that was prior to the uh, acquisition of Disney by Pixar. <laughs> I I will, I'm going to add on to what you said, Mark, and I'm going to flip it the opposite direction to you, which is, I think it's important that as an interviewer, we're asking questions like that, that really assess, you know, passion, as well as, I, again, I agree with you. It's just even, you could probably dig into, as you were hitting on a little bit, the the thought process of you know, what is the question? Are you actually answering the question? Because we could also get into situations where we're in interviews that become so polished, so canned, that again, you're not actually getting any information on either side of that table. And that's a big part of this conversation today. I also think it's important as an interviewee that you equally have a kind of similar question. So if you're sitting across the table from a you know interviewer that is working for a company that you really aspire to join, what can you ask them that's similar to what is your favorite Disney character? So right, in that example, you could actually flip it and ask the exact same question and see what their response is, what their answer is and why. Because equally, you want to understand where does their passion sit? Where does it, where does it lie? What do they really care about at that company? You know, are they there to do a job or do they really care about what this company stands for? Because I think that will have a huge reflection on you know, what they think of the company and how they lead especially if it's your, your hiring manager, how they're going to potentially position the team and the work based on how they perceive the company and whatever IP that company is a part of. What's your favorite NFT? See, there you go. <laughs> Makos would be none. Um, okay, I'm going to shift this slightly to another area as we're closing in our last 20 minutes i would love to know if anybody has thoughts on you know somewhat similar to culture but in two areas one is um diversity i think that's a question that you know we have to think about on both sides which is i think very much attached to culture and how do you really assess you know what does this company actually welcome diverse talent are they inclusive is there a sense of belonging are there different perspectives at that table or is it a, a one perspective? And then also, what are your thoughts on how you assess growth opportunities? Because I think these are other really important pieces that tie to, you know, what is important, not only from a leadership value perspective, but, you know, how people grow in companies. I think it's really important for all of us to know, especially as interviewees, I would say, 
how we can get some of that insight into that company and into those leaders, be it direct managers or stakeholders, to really understand and make informed decisions in those areas. Well, this is kind of uh, a big passion for mine is diversity. From one of the questions that I start to ask to understand is, I'll ask the, the direct question of, what is it like to be a black male inside of your company? And then from to see if, if it could be a place that I'm at and for growth, I'll see if there's any black individuals that are in their leadership or above me that says something that says, I can see me in your company because I have something I can aspire to. That's a great one, Artie. And I think that's something that, again, everyone can use, right? Everyone can kind of ask that question. And I love that question because, you know, not only, of course, the answer be, you know, informative, of course, and, and how the response is, but I think it will also reflect how the interviewer responds to that question or stakeholders, for example, um, what their response is and how they think through that, right? Is it either something that they kind of dance around or do they speak specifically to? It's going to show you a lot about what, what they think about diversity and how they respond in addition to being able to do your own research. So I love that one in thinking about, you know, just a simple way of assessing um, a specific lens of diversity, even if it's about, you know, your point of view directly and how you would fit into that company, which is, again, what we care about when we're going through an interviewing process and aligning values. And on the growth front, I I, uh, I like to ask often what, what growth looks like in the company and the like. And, and I always, when asked, like, hey, what where do you see yourself in five years and whatnot, I am always very honest about my, my high aspirations of, of where I want to be. Like, there was one time where I was at the interview in this panel, and, and I said, I want to be in a C-suite. And, and, and I didn't get that job because of that question, because one of the guys was a CEO, and he's like, but but I'm in the C-suite. And I'm like, well, that says a lot about your company if you see me as a threat. And so, you know, glad that didn't work out, you know. That's a great example, Shad. Thank you for sharing that. Because again, I think, again, understanding culture, understanding leadership, that if there's a perception that you can't aspire to grow beyond the person you're talking to, that, that says a lot, a lot about that, that culture. I love that in that question. Where do you where do you see you're going in five years? Because I always just say retired. So, which always elicits kind of an interesting conversation. I'm sure that, I can I can understand that. Um, but I think also right again, it's like I could I could step way back from that. And it's like all joking aside. You know, there's there's something that's said about the value of of you know. I'm sure you probably have to your point. Very interesting conversations as a result of that, right? Which is, well, what's that's interesting? Why? What are you looking for? What do you see yourself doing in retirement, right? And I think, Mako, you've been kind of constant even in this conversation, but I, you know, knowing you from other conversations and just in general, that it's always about digging in and trying to get to get people to open up and have a conversation that is a bit more personal, trying to get to know people, which can be really hard in a 30 minute setting. But what are those questions that, and knowing your style, we talked about style, you know, your style is tends to be a little bit more, I'm going to try to use humor, or I'm going to kind of try to instigate a conversation in a different way. But how do you open up and get people to let their guards down 
and start to have a real conversation with you that it isn't just about let's go through the five questions that I have and the few questions that you have, but let's actually get to know each other and see if we actually align and that we have something in common that actually is going to be you know beneficial for our teams, you know, or working together. And I think those moments of humor that you're talking about, including, you know, all of us should find those moments of what we can bring into the conversation to really take it from a lens of, I need to come in here and understand who this individual is. Do they, do I resonate with them as a leader? Do I resonate with this company as a leader? And is this the right place for me? And I think if we come in at that perspective, I think that frames, you know, very much all the questions that we've already discussed here, but it frames even how you want to potentially show up in those conversations to walk away with a deeper understanding. I'll add um, one of the questions I asked uh, when I was interviewing for uh, my job here at Nike. Uh, I did ask uh, because I went through the company page and I did my research before the interview uh, and I read a lot about diversity. Uh, So when my chance came, I did ask uh, a question uh, to the interviewer, one of the interviewers. And my question was, why, why is diversity important to you? Uh, I didn't say important to Nike or important to that individual person. Uh, but the reply was that the person who, who was senior director at the time, he, he replied it not from a Nike perspective, from an individual perspective, which I, I really appreciated, like, um, I I understood like okay this this is the person I'm going to work with this is the leader of the group I will be a part of um, so that really gave me some perspective uh, the team I uh, on the team I'm I'll be joining yeah that's a great one Amrita and that reminded me I I listened to a panel yeah, a couple months ago um, you know specifically focusing on on diversity and and one of the um, one of the parts of the conversation that came up and actually was used to interview the panel, one of the, the, the facilitator used, which I thought was really important and felt very similar to what you just said, was along the lines of, you know, tell me a moment or an experience or a story that made diversity a priority for you. And I think that's really interesting because, again, it goes back to, you know, why is it important? But it also really leans into the tell me personally about why it's important. Tell me something that that shifted for you an experience that you had or something that you did, right? And if there's something that you did that you're really passionate about or a program that you started, whatever it is, it tells you a lot about how that person thinks about diversity, um, how they respond, but also, again, gives you a little bit of insight into them personally, which I think is really powerful, especially when talking about diversity, but again, thinking about culture and fit and, and leadership. And you could ask that question to your leader, but you could also ask that question to you know, any number of stakeholders that you might be interviewing with to really understand, you know, what is the, is there one person that has a perspective, but that seems to deviate from everyone else? Or is there a common theme or a common understanding that's going to give you some insight into what the day-to-day interactions may be like, you know, make a reference earlier, I think like office politics and, you know, the dynamics that happen. I think asking those questions that do dig a little deeper and do make it personal can really help you see and understand a lot more. All right, we are closing in already on our last um, last few minutes here. I think we've hit a lot of areas. Um, 
but I want to ask if anybody has any immediate kind of other thoughts that we haven't covered or things that have really been impactful for you as you've thought about really us assessing, you know, your fit with a company or different roles or how you've had different conversations and maybe, you know, one area, if, if no one has kind of an immediate kind of a thought starter might be, you know, the difference in talking to, um, a recruiter versus talking to an interviewer that I mean, could also be very different. Some of us have referenced that. So, you know, happy to open it to the floor to any, any thoughts and ideas that you have or things that have really been impactful for you. Yeah. <clears throat> Kelly, I'll add one thing, and this is more from personal experience and some advice that I got uh, from a, a mentor of mine, if you will, um, you know, where I was interviewing for a job and, you know, you kind of go through the standard, dance of questions and things like that. And, and it was a little bit more informal of an interview. This wasn't a formal interview, but one of the things that I did, instead of following that normal dance, I went in and in a subsequent follow-up created a pitch deck, right? Like an ideation deck of, I know what the group was about. I know what they were trying for um, and kind of pitched my set of ideas to just kind of up the ante. Like this isn't just something that I'm applying for. This is something that I'm super passionate about. And, you know, it, it breaks that cycle of that standard interview. And, you know, the feedback that I got from that was really positive. I didn't get the role, but the feedback that I got from that was really engaging, really impositive. And while I wasn't the right fit for the role, the idea was, okay, there might be other things that I might be able to participate in there. And so that idea of breaking that cycle, breaking that common dance is a really good way to, to stand out in that crowd of people that um, you're competing with for that role because you are competing against others. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good idea and thought. I'm sure there's probably a whole other discussion we could have on, on interviewing, but also landing the job, right? And what are the different things that you can do? But I, I love the point of that, which is, you know, twofold, you know, you kind of, you, you broke the cycle of, we're just not going to go through the stance. We're not going to go through the motions and just ask the standard questions. Because again, the power of an interview process is again, two way and you creating those additional materials in that pitch deck to your point, opened up a completely different set of dialogue and gave you different feedback. And I'm sure that conversation was far more interesting and engaging than a standard interview was. So you were able to shift that conversation so that even though that role wasn't the role for you, you walked away with some meaningful dialogue and feedback from that. And I'm sure the interviewer equally also did as well and it shifted their perception. Um, and so it's a good reminder of don't feel like you have to adhere to what the standard interview process is and the way that it should go and figure out ways that you can authentically to who you are, shift that so you can have a conversation that again, gives you the insight and understanding that you really need and desire through that conversation and through that process. Well, and, and also I think, you know, the pitch deck is a really good one. I mean, I, I've never gone that far. I know Mark's a little eccentric with those things, but um, you know, I think I found one thing that was really interesting in the last cycles of interviews that I just did. And for those that have done video calls with me, they, they know I've spent a ton of time getting my lighting right and my camera gear right. And it's way better than, a, you know, I think Mark, we probably had about 100 conversations on lighting techniques or mirrorless and all that type of stuff. But what here's what I found interesting is the last interview rounds that I did for the, my current role, Almost every single call, people were like, how's your video so good? 
you know, it's a, and it really was a really interesting kind of segue into a different type of conversation that was much more aligned about things that were just, you know, passionate or important and sort of the tech. And I don't know, it, it just was a really odd, but kind of cool way just to naturally break into something that was not as forced, you know, I don't know. It was just, I thought it was an interesting observation. I think they're both good examples of people showing passion. <laughs> Right. Uh, yeah. Passion in technology, passion for the role, passion for the company, whatever. But it's those intangible things. I love seeing passion in people and, and them exhibiting that. I, again, I, I made that comment earlier. It's a it's a part of my algorithm for hiring. Yeah. Banana bread. Banana bread. <laughs> the, the closing of all this will be banana bread. No, I love that. And again, I agree with it. I think it is those moments of of really paying attention. And and it goes back to what we've also talked about. And frequently in other sessions, but a good reminder, which is, um, you know, really, this is where you also, as, a, as we talk about interviewing as a skill and as a skill set is paying attention to how, you know, active listening and really picking up on cues. These are the moments. It's very easy in interviewing process to just start going through the motions. And I think this is, this is a true statement for interviewers and interviewees. Pay attention, really listen, really understand what people are saying, how they're saying it. And again, those moments and, you know, even then the example that, you know, Mako just had and, and, you know, Mark, you referenced about where does their passion show up, right? Where does it, where does something spark for them? Um, and even if you ask a question like, what is your favorite Disney character? You know, you kind of expect to see a spark in one way or another. So paying attention to those small cues as well. Um, and as we're getting into the, the last few minutes here, I, I did want to bring up, you know, what I mentioned as we're going through this, because I think if you haven't spent time and, and I've, I've spent more time recently, you know, talking to executive recruiters and it's been something that I think has, has been a different way of me also honing my own, my own skill in interviewing, but also continuing to think about what my, my growth opportunities are, what my goals are in my career personally and professionally. Um, and I think when you talk to executive recruiters, it's a very different conversation. And I would love to hear others' experience with this. But what I have found is sometimes you get called about a specific role. That's quite frequently what happens. And then it becomes a conversation about, you know, what do you care about? What's important to you? What have you done? What's some of your, you know, what are you passionate about? It becomes much more of an open conversation about opportunity and where if that aligns or fits with the role. So that is an interesting one. But I've also gotten calls which were, not about specific roles, but maybe a couple of different roles. And again, really understanding what's my brand, what do I care about, what are my goals, what do I aspire to do, what have I done? And then it becomes a conversation about what are you looking for? And we might have some different roles. Here's the ones that we have that align. And it shifts your, your thinking completely into preparing. And again, for this group, I would say, you know, honing your skills to be able to have those conversations because they can be very nebulous, they can be very ambiguous, but it's important to know how to articulate what you care about, what you stand for, who you are, and how you want to be positioned when you start to have those conversations versus I'm applying for a specific job. You know, Kelly, I'll just, I don't know. Here's what I'll say is I have found executive headhunters not good personally. Um, I would I would say there's a difference if you're talking about executive recruiting in a company 
I, those I found, you know, I made the, you know, make my list of the companies I was interested in and I seeked out, you know, sort of executive recruiting in there. Those were very different conversations, but I, I got to tell you my own personal experiences with this, uh, you know, these, these executive headhunters was not a, was not a great one. So I, I personally would advise just go with, you know, relationships and figure out who, who or what are at the companies that you are interested in and kind of go that route. Although I'd add to that briefly that, that sometimes the, the headhunters out there are wonderful uh, folks to give you the finger of the pulse of, of where what things are happening at your level. So you can ask questions like, well, what are you seeing in, in, in finance and accounting at level X? Is there a lot of hiring? Is it slow? They, they can really give a lot of feedback on that, that type of thing. Yeah, I would agree. And I think it's, it's always good to hear the different experiences, right? And you know, I think from my perception is is the way that I've I've talked to, you know, headhunters or executive recruiting is I go into those again to both what Chad said and kind of understand the industry, but also it's really good practice for me to just talk about, you know, who am I? What do I stand for? Again, it's like you get that it goes way back to the beginning of the conversation. What is my story? How do I talk about my story? What do I how do I talk about what I care about? So when I when I am talking to someone else, be it in my own company potentially or going for a different role or aspiring for growth, I've kind of gone through that conversation. And I again, it kind of helps hone. So being able to use different tools to hone your skills. And again, that's why back to the beginning, you know, being able to think about interviewing and conversations about opportunities and roles with a wider lens. It's about so much more than I'm actively looking for a job. It can be, I'm, I'm unhappy where I currently am. And I just need to understand, do I need to make a change in my own company? Is there somewhere else I need to go? Or is there something else I can shift that doesn't require that dramatic of a shift? Or it can help, again, hone storytelling. It can help you understand a skill set as an interviewer or an interviewee. There's all these different things that we take away from that interviewing process. And again, I, I still love the one about knowing your worth and continuing to understand what you bring to the table can be hugely impactful to managing your career, even at your existing company. So, you know, that's really, as I think about interviewing, you know, I hope as, as kind of everyone has shared their feedback and their questions and the things that they've experienced that everyone can kind of take away that, you know, it's important that even if you're very happy where you are and you have a very great, you know, great job and a great career at a great company, it's really important to continue to look outside as a, as a growth opportunity for yourself, expand your network, expand your understanding, and continue to invest um, in yourself and hone what you value, what you care about as you're setting your bigger goal, goals for your career. So with that, we have just about two minutes left. I'm actually going to reference Mako's newsletter today because I really loved um, the letter that was included in it. So instead of, since Tamara's not here, I'm gonna do a slightly different take on a quote. It's gonna be a longer quote. But if you haven't followed Mako's newsletter, I highly recommend it. But included this um, great letter from Kurt Vonnegut. And it has a, a whole story that I won't go into. But what I loved so much was this portion that he had on giving advice. And so it's kind of long, but I'll read it to you quickly. And it says, practice any art, music, singing, dancing, acting, drawing, painting, sculptor, sculpting, poetry, fiction, essays, reportage. No matter how well or badly, no matter to get money or fame, but to experience becoming, to find out what's inside you, to make your soul grow. So with that, 
I thank you all for joining. I'm so happy that I got to speak with all of you. I will be sharing the recap likely tomorrow. If you think someone would enjoy it, please share. Otherwise, we will likely be back next week. Um, topic to be announced, but I'm leaning towards maybe um, personal branding that's been on my mind. But of course, if any of you have a topic recommendation, feel free to reach out and go have some banana bread. Banana bread. Woo! Banana bread. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Have a great weekend. Them, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bye, everybody. All. Thank you. Thank you.